the no fly list. Um, as, as far as the no fly list, no fly list, no fly list. If you want that list, that list, list. The most problematic thing is, is that any, any, anyone can be under the investigation of the FBI. FBI, FBI. FBI, FBI. And I know that something really good is going to come out of all of this. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another week of the No Fly List, where we talk to comedians, artists, musicians, and other cool and interesting people of color. I'm Athir. I'm a mama. And today we had Fizza Dasani on. Boom, boom. Oh, I love Fizza. Facial recognition comedy where me and a mama met. She produces it with two other amazing brown women, Paula V and Zara. Uh, We talk about this a lot. Me and um, a mama talk about where we met and uh, you're going to, you're going to hear the origin story with the person who made it all happen. (laughs) Yeah. This is just like such a dope person too. And she just Grew up in Florida, which we had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. She's been in LA. Uh, she, she moved out there to pursue acting and uh, stand up. And she's just like a fun, uh, you know, fun personality to be around. And I, I enjoyed like hearing about her childhood and how she came. Now it makes sense. Like when she was telling us about the wacky things that she used to do um, in high school and like as a kid, uh, it it makes sense knowing Fizza now. <laughs> Yeah. And she was like always getting in trouble and like being kind of like a rebel rouser. And it really does make sense when you listen to like the rest of her stories, because that's like her personality. But she's also so sweet and so kind and just like a wonderful overall person. I think this was a really fun episode. Um, Just three gals chatting, talking about also uh, you know, attracting what, trying to attract what we want, like just being more emotionally available, trying to attract better people, just knowing ourselves and getting more comfortable in who we are and just how that translates to, um, being around better people in general, whether romantically or just in a, in a, you know, friendly way. Um, so I think there's like a lot to like learn from her and, uh, hear about her like fun stories of growing up in Florida. Um, but before we get to that, Amama, do you want to start with our first segment, the no fly list, no fly list? Yes, this is where we put people who are basically on our shit list on a no fly list. Um, so we have AOC, long time coming probably. Oh, because, yeah. uh, this pains me. This really pains me. I get why. I'm but not, This is not surprising. She already, I think she was like setting people up for this by like going to the Met Gala and wearing a dress that said tax, tax the rich. It was like so performative and so stupid um and then you know there are some other signs like when she basically would go to the like concentration camps that we put like kids into during trump's administration and cry and then for biden she was like it's an overflow facility um so yeah she voted present on the iron dome funding um, she was the only progressive to not vote That's with her so people. That's so fucked up. And yeah, so basically the government probably has something on her, but you know what? They're going to release it anyway, so you might as well not be a dumbass. Yeah, fucking stand for something, especially since this whole time she's been such a champion of pro-Palestinian rights and 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 defunding uh, Israel and not giving in to the uh, all of that, but now that she voted present, it's super fucked up. Uh, I, you know, I was really kind of cheering for AOC, but now it's 
fucked. I don't like it. Yep. I don't like what she did. You're on the no fly list. Do better. Stand up. If we can't stand up for, you know, what we believe in. And I understand that with the, there's a lot of pressure and lobbyists and a lot of things going on, but what's the point if you're going to talk about being the change and then you're not, and you're just doing exactly. the same shit that these old white men and, and have been doing over and over. Even Bernie was like on board, like, come on. I thought you were like one of the, I thought you were on our side. She's not. So fuck AOC. But in the meantime, listen to Fizzo's episode. Yeah. All right. Fizzo. Yay. How are you? We are so happy to see you coming in from LA. Uh, Some dude is already taking a picture of you. He's like, yeah, you're famous. (laughs) (laughs) We're like in a glass bowl studio and this like random dude is awkwardly taking pictures. Uh, Yeah. I think he's like really old. So maybe I'll just like masturbate to them later. And then like, he just won't. (laughs) (laughs) You know how like the, um, what's it called? The Mandela effect. Like yeah. this dude looks exactly like Nelson like Mandela. Nelson. Yeah, he does. <laughs> this is like a third third possibility in the universe. <laughs> like we've just switched timelines. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, welcome uh, back to New York. It's so nice that facial recognition is back. Like doing live shows. You guys also really killed it on Clubhouse. Yes, I, I just Thank did you. the Clubhouse earlier, and we've been doing the shows. Yeah. Me and Mama and everyone. So people fun. people tip all the time. Oh my god! Yes. I, there was like a week where I was like. I'm running low on like some like funds and gas money, and then I did your show from my car and checked my Venmo, and I was like, "Thank God!" It's yes! so nice. Shout out to all the facial recognition yeah. fans, also. Yeah, you guys are the best. Yo, know, Clubhouse is amazing, and like I was—that's why I was—I'm still on Clubhouse right now. I was just hosting <laughs> that show to promote the show for tonight, but people on Clubhouse are just super supportive, yeah. and like they—they tend to be like. You know, a lot of millennial age, so they mm-hmm. have, you know, like they they they're not couch surfing and like holding on to pennies. You know, they got money to spend. So I'm so glad to hear that it's like about time comics get paid for, for something. Seriously, yeah, honestly, and it's nice to have this like direct connection with people, or like they like your stuff and they they tip you. So. there's no like gatekeepers on clubhouse it's just like people to people connection and it's really cool fuck the gatekeepers eat them yeah Yeah. i've been thinking about that a lot lately where i was just like i'm glad that i've like i don't think i need to be at certain clubs to like be uh, like where yeah Yeah. it's not not. it's not the 90s anymore no (laughs) you don't need a freaking club just to like that said please book us yes. um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like well a theater <laughs> okay. I'm not naming names I'm just saying so we could do I'll, I'll do look, look if you book me I'll do them yeah yeah I, <laughs> yeah. Don't, I don't need I'll you I'll do them okay? and then I'll also be like thank you so much thank you thank you right. <laughs> I'll do your unpaid spots um, um, but yeah. yeah that's it I, you guys are really dope like you guys have like I think the only real way to success in my mind right now is like friends helping each other out. And oh, that's yeah. Fucking and our amazing. network of, yeah. of brown women. And we bring you guys up all the time, by the we way. We do. Whenever we talk about really? how we met. Because we met at your, at your show. show. No. Gave, yes. Yes. That's what? how we became oh, so close. It's all full circle. We, we met at your show. I gave it to your crystal. And then I was like, oh, do you want to <laughs> go like to the after thing? And I never wanted to hang out in Manhattan late. And then we hung out. And then after that, like, we had friend dates. It was because of your show. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. And that's been, like, sort of the accidental blessing of this is, is like, the building of community. Because there's not a hell of a lot of us. There's and some not. of us didn't know each other. But we'd always get confused for yeah. each other. Exactly. So 
it's, and your show was the first time that like some comics that I really wanted like I've never met but I was like oh I hope they like see my set like saw it and it's such a good crowd it too is. and people are so oh enthusiastic they want to the be crowd. there that it's just like a hot show for everyone so yes yeah so shout out to you guys but that's how we met that is incredible. That's yes. beautiful. I'm like, yes. you're up. Here. You're invited yeah. to the wedding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're officiating. I, uh, yes. All of you are. All of you. <laughs> yes, to be clear, your other counterparts are in LA, right? Pallavi and, and Zara are yeah. in LA right now. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. actually, Pallavi's at a wedding, I think, in Utah, and Zara is Ooh. on some uh, trip with her future in laws in Yellowstone oh, yeah, Park, yeah, I think. I saw. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, to the other ladies. Yeah, whenever they're here, we'll have to do like maybe a Zoom thing. Oh, but we're yeah. so happy you could be here in person. Oh, my God. I was so excited. This is my first time back. And, oh, my God, my lip touched the mic. <laughs> I got COVID. <laughs> I got, <laughs> um, it's my first time in New York since pre-pandemic. Yeah. I haven't been back since, or I haven't, this is, last time I was here was December 2019. Mm. Whoa, yeah. yeah. This is, how does it feel to be back right now? That was the last time I was in LA. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's, I mean, it's the best city for stand-up. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's for sure. I know I'm biased, but it is. It absolutely it is. Really it really is. is. <laughs> Every time I go to a different city, I'm kind of arrogant. And yeah. then there's always, of course, there's always amazing comics in other cities. But New York has like a... But I feel like yeah. percentage-wise here. Percentage but also wise, people yeah. move here for stand-up or do, or like it is really just... And you can do like here. five shows a night. Even during yeah. the pandemic, really, like the summer, yeah. you could still do two to three a night. Yeah. It was wild. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say like five is sort of the limit because I booked eight for tomorrow and I have no. to, I have to cancel three. Oh, there's no way. <laughs> so that's, that's you're right. Possible. Wait, that is insane. What are you doing? Stand up like twelve to twelve? Like what is? I mean, three of them, like one of them's in Greenpoint, and then a lot of them are down south. It's right. like um, you gotta like map it. You have to map. Yeah, and I then, think you have to cancel the ones that like the Astoria ones. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, if you're in Brooklyn, if you're you heavily, just gotta yeah, you gotta keep them clustered. Yep. Um, parts of Brooklyn are far away, like there from are, each other. Yeah, some parts you can only get to like. Or Brooklyn is by one car. of the worst mapped cities <laughs> possible. Like that's yeah. like a real thing where like they did not do a good job. Like it takes me twenty minutes by car to go to Williamsburg. It takes me fifty minutes mm -hmm. by public transportation, and usually way more because the buses yeah. will be like. I've just been walking. I just went yeah. to Brooklyn, so I've just been walking everywhere. I'll just walk to Williamsburg rather than like wait. Yeah, you're in a yeah. really good area. Where to, I could just yep. kind of walk all over, but yeah, then some parts you're like like for me to get to Prospect Park is like just as far as when I was living in Manhattan, like an That's, hour. That's yeah, it's something. insane. There's no direct paths, but in LA, I know you've got. Uh, what's the difference between LA and New York? No, <laughs> the comma. But yeah, it's it's different because everything is like spread apart. But I also really enjoyed my time in LA whenever I go. LA has its own je ne sais quoi, so to speak. Ooh. Fancy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we got oh, that LA someone, charms. The pandemic's uh, changed someone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to c come up from... Some, I was born and raised in Florida, so, like, you know, I have to oh, bring hey. some class. Okay, I, Alabama, I to, here you get it. Oh, right. yeah, I forgot. What part of Florida? Fort Myers. In oh, okay. Lee County. Okay. That's in General E. Lee of the Confederacy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how long were you in uh, Florida for? Uh, I Through college. Whoa, Birth through college. That's yeah. crazy. I thought you were like L.A. The whole, yeah. No, you fooled I, us. I've just been here for, a, I've been, well, here, not here, but L.A. for a long time. And I'm an old bitch secret, secretly. I can say that in New York, but... But in L.A. I was going to say, yeah, in New York, everyone, all the comics here are, like, in their 30s and 40s. And they're like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. In L.A., I'd be like, I'm 12. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm 16. 
<laughs> and you're really 42. It's yeah. Like, Nobody needs to know. <laughs> to make your did, voice sound. Did you start stand up? In Florida, or I mean, I don't count it because uh-huh. I was just not like you know going like I you know it was just off and on. But yeah, technically, yeah. But I kind of started in the LA scene, which is sort of sad. Not something you want to admit to New Yorkers. Yeah, that's uh, we're not judging. We're not we judging. judging. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, uh, but fortunately, you are very funny uh, and uh, thank you, very dynamic. And do you also act and stuff? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, what, where did you like, did you start with acting first or stand up or, or kind of a little bit of both? I mean, I think stand up first, but, um, acting was sort of like an accident. Cause it's like in LA, that's why a lot of comics are there is to not just pivot, but maybe like also do acting mm-hmm. and or yeah. writing. So yeah, I just sort of accidentally fell into it through like a commercial agent. And then I was like, oh, this is another type of performing and you can make yeah. like money this yeah. way. Yeah. So I just, you know, I was bad at first because it's like it, there is some overlap, of course, but like it's a different skill set. It's sort of like, you know, it, you're have to, you transport yourself in real time. Yeah. But, but like, you know, you're also in the present moment, like where you are. So it's it took me a second to like sort of get it. But like I had to work hard quickly because my age, like. You know, I was just like, you can't go in and not be good in some of these casting offices. Yeah. So, like, there, but there was about, like, two years where I was just, like, sweating bullets. Like, I don't know. But, Do you yeah. have any tips? Because, like, that's something I've been recently, like, I, like really getting into, and I love it. But I have noticed that, like, self-tapes and other things, I'm like, I'm not good enough. And it is, like, a lot. And now that, like, things are coming back in person, some things have been like, oh, Come in person. I'm like, I'm going to shit my pants. You know, self-tapes are amazing, and you can book off self-tapes now. Learning lines is a lot of work, especially if you're not getting paid for it. So if you do a self-tape, what I do, and I'm just, this is a free tip I'm giving everyone. It works so well for me. I'm listening. I just, you know, I shoot on Zoom, and I put the script up on the screen, not obviously where the camera is, but like, you know, where the eye line is going to be. So sometimes I'll put two scripts up of the same script, maybe different parts. So I have two different eye lines where I can reference the script. Ah. And then I use it as a teleprompter with the mouse. I just scroll down. Yeah. And just make sure your elbow is not up, you know, to just keep it relaxed so people can't see you. And your eyes aren't just like reading, like going back and forth, darting. Which I would be like, and and then. And like, hold on. (laughs) Why am I not booking anything? But but like, like, I think the trick is sort of like, look, look away. Like as if you're thinking like, you know, if you know what the next word is, look, use that opportunity to look away and then look back so it looks natural. Also like, you know, when I'm sort of looking at the text, it's just like, you just make sure you're sort of pretend seeing or you know not pretend but seeing I don't know it's I it I love this because one of the things I hated was memorizing a ton of I smoke a lot of weed so like memorizing (laughs) memorizing anything is so hard memorizing your own set is hard girl girl let's see what happens tonight if I'm gonna remember no I like I stopped drinking I told it here I stopped drinking but like and like like now I'm like really like going towards like extreme moderation but um, I picked up smoking because I was like, this is hard in the beginning. And man, like for the first like two weeks of zero drinking, I was high. As <laughs> I, and it was hard. I was just like, yeah. I was like, wait, I'm forgetting everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just, I need to look at my notes. It's because like, yeah, tags will just disappear. Yeah. 
tags that I'll hear, I'll like find a tape from a long time ago and be like, oh my God, I could have been doing that one for two years. Yeah. The fuck is wrong with and me? I've been doing that with Zoom shows of like just looking at my set the entire time and I just haven't had to memorize, except like, of course, like now in person sets and then you're like, wait, how do I remember 10 minutes? <laughs> 100% without having to look at like yeah. notes and yeah. stuff. And like also the clubhouse stuff. Like mm-hmm. I have my notebook right here. Oh, I love oh, that. Yeah, that. I was freaking great. love yep. that. It's so nice. There I'm were reading. like times where I was like, oh, I want to, I can like, do a lot of new yeah. things because I can just read it. And no one's <laughs> looking at you. Yeah. I love that. And you can just speak to the bomb when it bombs for specifically <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, bombing on Clubhouse. Because you never know. Are people muted or yeah. are they... Or do I just suck right now? <laughs> I can't tell. Is it a both? Uh, um, but yeah, you guys have really like done done a lot with it, which is... It's been cool seeing comedians come up with different mediums and, and ways to perform uh, uh, d- throughout the pandemic and now after. And, th- and certain things I think are going to stick. Like, do you think Clubhouse is going to stay around? Or, like, some people are like, oh, after we go in person, totally, like, no one's going to be doing it anymore. But... Yeah. I, I kind of... I, I dig it. I like it. Absolutely. Because I think what the pandemic did was push the... T- push us into the... Push the technology. So yeah. it sort of pushed us into the future. We were going in this direction anyway. Now we had to. Mm-hmm. We had to do it quickly. We had to pivot. And it's just like, you know, now we... It, there's competition now because we can you know, go places and be in crowds somewhat. But like, you know, who isn't at home sometimes? Who isn't in transit and wants to participate? Like, I think this is the beginning of social audio. Like it was like a huge spike at the beginning, but I think it's here to stay. It's a format. And, you know, you know, no one knew Facebook was going to become what it was. Instagram, what it was, Twitter, all this stuff. So I like it. I really like it. And especially, yeah, yeah, if you are in transit or just listen, like it's nice. It feels like an interactive podcast. Exactly. Pop in and listen and you feel like you're (laughs) with people when you're not with people. My Lyft driver had to listen to me say, Fat Coochie Friday. He's probably happy. He's like, oh, yeah. He's nice. probably brown and just like, ooh. Or uh, he was, or he thinks you're gonna go to hell. <laughs> he couldn't throw me out of the car fast enough. <laughs> I was like, this is, is this where? I don't know where I am. That's why I was like wandering around outside for like five minutes because I was, I was hosting the show. I was still hosting the show uh, when I walked in. <laughs> this is so funny. Yeah, yeah. I, was, yeah, yeah. I was just talking to you on it like two hours ago. Mm. And, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's always so much fun, and y'all been just keeping it going. And yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. You're hustling. I don't know. How you find the time to do everything. Seriously. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like you have to prioritize and just try your fucking best. And like, sometimes I push too hard, and like it compromises my immunity, and then I'm down for a week. You know, that's like, like, that's where I think I'm headed right now. Where I already know I'm like I am like near like just done. But I think that was like what pre-pandemic life was like. And I didn't want to go back to that. Yeah. But in some facets, like we have no choice with like day jobs and like night jobs and, you know, lazy to me being. Yeah, I, I don't that. know how, like, especially in the early days of my comedy, I had a day job, I had a weekend job. And then at nighttime I would do stand up. So how, I, I don't know how I was like fun. And then, you know, we had to be at the office. So it's like, what were we doing and I'm glad that things slowed down but now I feel like places are expecting us to ramp up back up to that level it's just not realistic anymore yeah I think like what the pandemic did was like because it it took out the gatekeepers and made a revenue stream from you know like the the comic directly to the audience so like Mm -hmm. you know it's I don't do like jobs that are 
don't like are not worth it. Like I'm yeah. not going to break my neck for a job that doesn't pay basically. For sure. So that's you gotta work smart. You yeah, know, exactly. And did you do something before stand up? Did you go to school for anything or yeah? Yeah, I went to college. I was a film major. <laughs> you know, just really setting myself up for success. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I thought I wanted to be behind the scenes. I hadn't come to terms yet with like being a performer. You know, like yeah, what am yeah, I? What, yeah. do we, what do we tell our parents? Like, yeah. hey, I'm gonna move to LA and be a stand-up comic. They think I'm batshit insane because it is batshit insane. Is. It really is. I, I don't blame them. I get I get why they're concerned. They should be. <laughs> yeah, it really should. But yeah. were they? How did they react to go to going to film school? They, I mean, I did. That's the thing is, I did things in increments because I think mm -hmm. I was coming to terms with it at the same yeah. time. Like, you know, first I took the LSAT. I knew I didn't want to go to med school. It was wow. boring as fuck. Yeah, I, I cannot. You would be a great lawyer, but you'd be like, look, I don't, this is, this case closed. <laughs> and that would be. I just, yeah. oh God. Yeah, that'd be, I mean, law would be like life that takes up so yeah. much time. And all the, like, I was going to say all the lawyers I know are alcoholics, but so are all the comedians. True. So. <laughs> True. Uh, a lot of, and I don't know any of, the, at least I know comedians are like somewhat happy. Like lawyer, I don't know any lawyer that's <laughs> satisfied and happy. They're all like cokeheads and alcoholics and. Um, no judgment, but oh also, gosh. like, maybe do something that you're passionate about. Yeah. Uh, but even with, like, sorry. comedy, though, like, I think the one thing I want to, like, get away from is, like, that hustle, hustle, hustle in a way that's, like, bad for your health. Exactly. Because then, yeah, you. because then there's no difference between, like, top lawyers and, like, like, minus, like, because at some point, if you're not happy with comedy, it's usually because you're, like, burning out of, like, the things that... You're, like, your material, because yeah. you're, you're, like, I don't know, like, if this is worth it. So it's, like, a lot of that. Oh but, my God! Yeah, I cannot imagine he has a lawyer. But yes, it was incremental. So yeah. I took the LSAT. Es Esquire, <laughs> is that Dasani? Esquire. Hello. <laughs> it was like immediately no. Did what? you do well on the LSAT? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I took it and I was like, I don't pull give a shit out, about pull this. Pull the results. Like, come on. <laughs> this was like when I had like a, an email I don't even use anymore. This was yeah. This was back in the. I'm not going to age myself. Um, yeah, I am. This was. In 05, I think. Okay. Or something. Oh, 03, yeah. 03. Oh, whatever. I don't even remember. <laughs> but then I went to school. I got, I went, like, I was like, okay, I'll do communications, which was already a red flag. It's yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. That's like a gateway into the performance. Yes, it absolutely exactly. is. Yep. Exactly. Then, you know, then journalism. And then I was like, nope. And then, you know, like, I went, I did film. Yeah. And I was like, I really did love writing and directing and working with amazing actors. But I knew I was a performer since I was like a kid. So. Yeah, just naturally, or did you do like school plays and stuff like that? Were you ever involved in theater? I did weird comedy shit. Like that was just totally inappropriate every time I had like a platform to in school. It got me in a lot of trouble, but then like also making videos for the morning announcements until oh, I got banned. Wait, you got banned for morning I, announcements? Yeah, because um, to promote something, I was doing like a dunk booth and like I used to go to school like dressed as a cheerleader sometimes because I thought it was funny. I love that. That's so funny. So Where did you get the... The costume. <laughs> I just put it together. It was like a tennis skirt and some <laughs> bullshit shirt, some ugly oh, ass. Oh my god! So I looked janky as fuck. And then, like, to promote the dunk booth for like a cause, I was happened to be dressed as a cheerleader. And someone from the school news came, and we shot something where I basically like did the cheerleader clap one, two, 
three, four. They cut to something else promoting the event. Yeah. Cut back to me, 54, 55. <laughs> ah, it's so funny. Cut back to something. And then like it went to, so basically the cheerleading coach got pissed because she thought I was making fun of them and oh. I got shadow banned from the TV news. Oh, oh that's God. fucked up. That Whatever. Fucked up. That's I funny. I think that's a great bit. Yeah. You were a pioneer and you were ahead of your time. They did not appreciate They did you. not. No, nope, not you. at all. Fuck them. Yeah, seriously. That is hilarious. I would have liked to have you in my high school because I was also like only Muslim, only brown person. Um, were there other like, uh, is your family from Pakistan or? India. India. Sorry. India Muslim. <laughs> I know it's confusing. I mean. We got India, Pakistan, Palestine in the house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're Pakistani. Yeah. Mama. Everyone, no one knows because my last name is Sardar. So they think, yeah, yeah. it's confusing. Oh my yeah. gosh. Oh, we got to, I want to hear those stories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Culturally. Yeah. Because yep. I was raised Indian Muslim. And I think it's like, you know, Pakistan's a religious, like it's an Islamic state. It is. It's so religious. So like Muslims that grow up in India, you're sort of like infused, even if you sort of like are brought up like not to love Hindus. You're, it's, in, it's in the culture. It's 90% of the population. Yeah. So there's like, you know, I just know like all my... Pakistan. I just knew I'd, I'd have to be, I'm in therapy twice a week now. I'd have to be in therapy probably three times a week if I grew up Pakistani, maybe four. Yeah, I was going to say full week. Yeah. Full I, every day. Of the week <laughs> during the every day. I can't afford <laughs> yeah. this. It's so wild because right it's now. like all of my um, like Indian Muslim friends, I'm always just like, okay, someone grew up real lucky and privileged. Whereas like, uh, like Bengalis and Pakistanis, it is it's insane like even like a sleeveless shirt they like your parents are like you're going to hell <laughs> and it's like insane so yeah it's a lot and Florida is hot so it's like really yeah. I like at the word yeah Alabama I couldn't wear shorts for like years and years until I moved here and then I was like fuck you I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing shorts but then I was so fucking pale that I didn't want to wear shorts on my leg like I was like oh no no one no one should see this. Oh my god, it's blinding. But uh, yeah, were there other Indians or brown, you know, Muslims or anything like, uh, or not as? No one I was really close with. I'd say there were like maybe three, four other kids in my grade, and the school had like two thousand people. Mm -hmm. So you know, like it was ninth to twelve, um, maybe with like you know, like two, three in most yeah. of the grades. Yeah. Did people like? Did you? experience any kind of racism oh my god after 9 11 mm -hmm. yeah like it was like the low-hanging fruit was like yeah. to you know like go be called a terrorist exactly like, yep. come on you hacks come up yeah. with something better yeah it was yeah i think after 9 11 it was like the the, the start mm -hmm. the jumping point yeah. for most brown people to like face intense racism <laughs> far more yeah. than before yeah before it was like uh, casual they were like you're a middle minority and then everyone was like no, you're going to kill us. Or like they do the stupid Apu from Simpsons yeah. thing. Oh, nice oh character, but like, you know, it's voiced by, it was a white dude. So it was just, yeah. Yeah. it yep. was demeaning for, you know. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you guys, yeah. I don't yeah. even know why I'm explaining this. No, no. I mean, maybe our <laughs> listeners don't realize. That's true. That's I mean, true. I think yeah. We, yeah. We have a mix of people like brown and white and. Um, yeah, guys, wake up. There's racism. <laughs> yes, there is. Um, well, so I also, because um, we're going to get into the segment right now, and then we can, like, actually, like, know more about your dating life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this row, row. is called Ooh. Fifty Shades of Brown, pivoting from terrorism right now. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of terrorism, uh, here's relationships. Yeah. Yes, honestly, what's worse? Um, right? 
so in uh, Athir, do you want to explain the segment while I? Oh yeah, yeah. so it's called Fifty Shades of Brown, and it's a segment where we have our listeners write in their dating questions, and uh, you get to be our love guru today, and we ruin lives. That's what we're here for. All you right, ready? I'm I'm ready. Because Let's see if that twice a week therapy is going to pay off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Oh so one of our listeners said, um, this is weird, but the new guy, 29 years old, um, uh, that I've been seeing, he's been using his dad's credit cards on all of our dates so far. <laughs> he acts like it's a flex, and it's kind of a turnoff. His parents are also middle class. They paid for his entire college, um, which he's, like, dropped in and out of for a few years. And don't get me wrong, I'm really excited that I don't have to pay for half my meals. But am I crazy for thinking it's super weird for a grown man to say, this one's on dad after a date. <laughs> oh, my oh God. God. He's got to be white, right? I don't know. He has to way, be white. Right? I think that's a yes. white guy thing. I don't think brown men would admit, even if they were using their dad's credit card, it's yeah. like a pride thing. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, it, it's like all the information's on the table. It's like, you know, Ugh. is the chemistry that good that you want to go in this direction? Like, I, uh, yeah. it's, you know, like, it sounds like she sees the red flags already. Oh, absolutely. Right. Also, and is it a deal breaker, I guess, is, is he question. really saying this one's on deck? <laughs> yeah, this one's on dad. That's so... It's fun. so funny. It's so, so dumb. What if he weird. said that after coming? I know! Oh, that just so a catchphrase for everything. This one's on dad. Um, what would you do if a guy, like, if you're on a date and a guy, uh, like, paid with his dad's credit card? What? Yeah, and then told you, like, this one's on dad. It's not a turn on. So it's no. not, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, like, going to move us in the direction that... Maybe he, he intended. Thinks, yeah. Does yeah. He think this is like a way in. Like, this is what women want. Hey, my dad. Also, like, why don't you just pretend, dude, that it's your credit card? Yeah. Like, that's so, and like, I guess, like, but I, she's, she's, it's a blessing that, like, he said it because now true, she has true, the information. Because yeah. imagine right. thinking he's covering that's, it you're and right. finding you're it out. Oh, my right. God. Oh, that's worse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Because then I would actually be really upset because I, Especially, I think, with immigrants, too. Like, we want to do everything for our, our parents, parents as yeah. much as possible. Yeah, it's like, we're paying for their credit cards, yeah, not the other literally. way around. Yeah, <laughs> I would never, like, anytime, like, even, like, Athir saw this. Like, I got, like, a few traffic tickets. I did not. Whoever borrowed my car, it's a comic, did. Um, but at the same time, like, I was like, I don't want my dad to pay. So I was like, oh, fuck. Like, now I'm going to, like, go home immediately after this. Type in my license plate on the New York City website and make sure that I just like. But pay I was everything. like, no, make those people pay. I'm like, gonna make shouldn't... them buy me drinks whenever I start drinking. <laughs> That's it, or dinner. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's so. You're so right because I think if I found out later, I would be really upset because that would be a really strange thing to do. I'd feel kind of lied to or misre like he'd be misrepresenting yeah. himself and. Um, Maybe that's what, yeah, like if it was his own money, does he have a job? Like, that's weird. I to mean, like, I don't you know, know, I'll say, like, I'm not even gonna like judge the dude because it's just, he's putting it out there. Yeah, he's yeah, putting yeah. that out there, and it's like, it's, you know, is it for you or not? And like, it's up to her if that's a deal breaker or not. Like, do you want to invest? time and emotions and stuff if he does she want to have kids do you want this to be your kid's baby daddy like right. you know there's stuff to think about or is this like a little i'm just hanging out with him where i'm here for the ride that's one thing that's another yeah. thing. here for the free dinners that yeah dad, it's on dad dad you better very concerning age that is that's a very taking money yep. from your parents because like also at some point he might be taking money from you exactly and that's not going to be great at all yeah that is a good point I, I like, 
So I don't even know if I've told you this. I'm trying to like really like I've been sober so I can like assess my boundaries with people and try not to like sleep with any friends anymore. Really difficult. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but one thing I'm trying my best to do is like meet like grownups. Yeah. And I think yeah. like it's a big thing for me finally is for someone to like actually have a job. Because before I was like, nah, whatever. Yeah. But like, have their shit together. Yeah. And I think this is a key example of someone who might be fun for a little bit. But in the long run, is so harmful for your own mental health and your financial yeah. health. Maybe you should just date his dad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, what's his dad's name? Yeah. Is his dad single? Are their parents still together? Is the credit card black? <laughs> is it? Do you guys think it's better or worse the fact that they're, like, not loaded? Because I feel like if they're loaded... It's like, okay, I guess it doesn't matter if your dad has, like, billions oh. of dollars versus, like, their middle class. And That's it's like, fucked up. It feels even more taking advantage. It, it, especially if someone's paid for your college. College, yeah. yeah. If they're putting an undue burden on aging parents, you know, it's like, again, it's not like, I've, it's something, you know, it's an action. And you have to, a person, you know, you evaluate, not evaluate, but, like, it's a red flag. Yeah. I mean, if his parents were billionaires, then why the hell not? Like, it's right. just, I'm you like, know. Sure, yeah, I'm not paying. Like, that'd be ridiculous. But yeah. if, like, if they're, like... But, like, also, yeah. what's the situation? Because, like, that's not really, like, I've never really seen, that's not actually, you don't see that a lot in white culture, white American culture of someone's middle-aged parents. Or do they? I don't know. Am I, do I just not know white folks? I don't know. I mean, Am I, I generalizing? Like a white woman thing to be, like, charging to, stuff to your dad's credit yeah, card. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. is. Or it's from, like, experience, it seems like it is. I have yet to see, like, a man admit that he's using his parents' money. Well, I do have a friend who has, like... White has a trust fund, but I don't think he would admit. Yeah, he also doesn't admit it, so that's different yeah. than being like, "This one's on Daddyo." <laughs> <laughs> I also think what you said, Athir, about rich people. Um, if like if the guy, if the parents were rich, I think my problem with that is also like, well, then like I think it's a bigger problem you're taking from your like working class parents. But if you're a rich kid doing that, it's like, dude, like, did you not work hard enough to, like, make your own way in the world? And, like, what do you they actually know to. about sacrifice? And that, I think, like, I don't think I could actually, like, date someone who grew up really wealthy unless they, like... Made their own. Made or, their like, own. I don't know if they can make their own when, like, daddy's always helping. Yeah, but it's, it's like, never... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, like, can you... Like, you're with someone right now who clearly hasn't been, like, hasn't had to sacrifice a lot. Yeah. And has doesn't know the meaning of, like hard work in the terms of like you know life is hard yeah. and if you're with that person I think that's the bigger issue yeah. that you're saying yep. yeah. it's like just different values not aligning so it exactly. just really depends on what your values are around because that's just like a symptom but money is just some it's one of the biggest things that breaks people up right so I think it just you just got to figure out yeah does this person have the same types of values about working hard and all of these things that I have? But yeah, it would definitely be weird and I couldn't do it. I'd be like, can you, I'd probably bring, bring it up, make a joke about it or something like, dude, why, why are you using your dad's credit card? Like, don't you have, you know, what's, what's your deal? Like, like try, try to, to figure out yeah. what the hell is going yeah. on. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, yeah, both of them are red, like, you know, them being wealthy or working class, both it's a red flag in different ways. Yeah. And it comes down to compatibility, I think. Meaning, like, does this align with what you want? I have a horrible habit of falling for horribly inappropriate men. And it gets slightly Don't better every all. year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, brown parents hug your daughters. Tell yeah. them they're enough Give so we don't have some ha unconditional love so someone else doesn't have to <laughs> come in and literally or like also don't like pressure them so much 
that like marriage is so important because like now every time I'm like I still want to date more than like that weird subconscious thing that I grew up with is like but it's time to get married, mama. And it's like, no, it's not. And I think, like, yeah, I think brown girls, I've noticed a pattern of the people that we do choose. But I think a lot of it's because we've, like, maybe ended up dating later and don't know ourselves that or well. Or never if our parents are listening. That's true. <laughs> never yeah, never. It. Or, like, yeah, I mean, if there's so much, like, generational trauma yes. stuff. So, like, it's like there's a level of dysfunction, I think, that I definitely, like, imprinted me. So the type of men that sort of, you know, like, light, like, get my attention, and I think this is, like, it's, it, I'm trying to, like, you know, notice it so I can do better for myself, but, like, are unavailable people, workaholics. Yes. Um, mm. and, Performers, comedians. Yeah. <laughs> and I have, you know, and it's, again, like attracts like, so this yeah. comes from my own emotional unavailability, mm. et cetera. Oh, my God, Some, yes. Yeah. This, is what, this is what I'm trying yeah. to, like, I just haven't, we haven't, like, talked in a bit. Like, I've been so busy, but this is what I've been trying to, like, tackle. And, like, yeah. the only way I was able to do it was, like, I was like, Mommy, you'd be sober. Yeah. And, like, a lot of it was, like, really writing down the ways that I've, like, distracted myself from, like, having something that might be actually really good for me. Yeah. And the, in, in the throes of, like, emotionally unavailable friends. Because it's like, oh, that's safe. And I'm still doing something good for me, but it's, you're, you're so right. It's like, like does attract like, and I'm trying to, like, change how I am so I can just attract better. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's annoying because it's like, you know, female biology. And, I, you know, I'm not, I don't want to generalize, but, you know, biologically, sex uh, releases hormones and chemicals that attach us mm-hmm. to a partner more so than a man does. Yeah, so absolutely. it gives us sort of this, you know, it, it triggers an emotional need, an emotional mm-hmm. connection, which, you know, like a guy might, you know, he might like you just fine. And, you know, but like, it's just, he doesn't have that, that same chemical attachment, unfortunately. Yeah. And I heard it changes for women. Like as you get older, you lose that a little bit, which is nice. I, yes. Okay. Someone, Can't wait to turn into a cougar. Yes. Yeah. Someone recently wow. told me that a friend recently was like, cause I was, you know, sad over, I've like consciously like have broken up with someone in my head. So I was sad about that process. Again, another reason for, I'm just bragging about me being sober guys. No one else tells me I'm doing a good job. But, um, <laughs> But she was like, oh, she was like, oh, yeah, no, I remember, you know, feeling like you. And she's like, it just gets better. She's like, wait till your 40s. Holy shit. You won't give a fuck. And I was like, wait, really? And then a part of me was like, will there be my 40s with climate change? (laughs) (laughs) Will we be here Yeah, But you're so right. I've heard that for women, like, not only does your sex life get a lot better, um, you're like, like it becomes like almost the opposite like men start to like dwindle a little bit in their sex life and yeah want have like more of a need for something whereas women are like yeah, yeah. men lose testosterone so yeah. they become more sort of like yeah. you know wanting the you know cuddles and shit exactly this is why when women get married in their 20s I'm always like no no the best is yet to come <laughs> I was like I think society's it's like a good way to trap women to be like do not experience the best years of your sex life without attachment. Like, Damn. it is a, definitely a way for them to be like, and then men will will do whatever they want. And when they're like 35, they'll be like, I want, I want that 22-year-old. So yeah. <laughs> if you're 55. Okay. Yeah, you're right. It's probably closer oh, to 55. Gosh. But yeah, if you're a 20-year-old, if you're in your 20s listening and you're a woman, your orgasms will get exponentially better in your 30s. I promise you that much. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're probably not even having one right now. You, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you thought was an orgasm is not. So um, oh wait it out. Hold out for the right person. Okay? Fear is honestly right. Like, that is really true. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think we answered that well. Go with we your gut. Did, you know, yeah. that's the, everybody has different don't uh, you, don't yeah, values. Uh, don't date this guy who says this one's on daddy. That's so <laughs> weird. Don't do that. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, but yeah, speaking of white people, white men probably. I'm white assuming men. he's, he's got to be white. Assuming. I can't imagine. Um, we actually have a segment called "Keeping Up with the Caucasians." <laughs> so this is a segment where we talk about things that white people do, and whether we as people of color also do these things. So we've got different categories that you get to choose from, and then I'm going to throw out a question um, within that category. Okay. So let me... Okay. So we've got food slash beverage, pop culture, activities, style and clothes, phrases or sayings, and miscellaneous. Uh, let's do miscellaneous. Okay. Adopting a religion that you weren't born into. Ooh. Like something like Buddhism, Hinduism, Kabbalah, you know, like some sort of spiritual, you know, Scientology, maybe. What, what's my thought on it? Yeah. Have you? Oh, saw, have I? Saw a religion. What do you think about? I mean, like, I, yeah. I'll say that, I, like, you know, I respect everyone's beliefs. Um, however, I am not a religious person. I think religion, you know, obviously it's been you, like, it's... You know, a lot of awful things have been committed, you know, in the name of religion. Yeah. So it's it, it can be dangerous. But also, I think it's sort of like a boilerplate template for ethics. So I think, of course, there's a lot of great stuff in there. But once it becomes dogmatic, I think that's the man-made. Like, mm -hmm. that's the, you know, that's not the sort of yeah. spiritual message. It becomes, you know, like the whole... Yeah. Fear-based oh stuff is how we're taught, basically, with Islam. Yeah, yeah. fear-based. But what do you think? Okay, let me give you an example of this. Like the other day, uh, I was on set for something for shooting sketches. <laughs> Not to brag, guys. Um, and we had this white makeup lady, and everything she was talking about was like, she was telling my my friend who's Sufi. She was like, yeah. So I go to this like basement, and we do like the twirling thing, and she's like. Oh my God, that's like a religious like part of like Sufism. Yeah. That's not something you just like pick up. And she just kept telling us how much she loved Morocco and belly dancing. And I was like, okay, fine, that's fine. That's cool. But like taking a part of something sacred from a, a person's religion, that's where I'm like, this is such a white lady thing to do. Just like this middle aged liberal white New Yorker who was like, yeah, just go to a basement and, and we're all like the dervishes with my friend. We put some music. And <laughs> I'm like, no, that's like someone like praying five times a day for like the yoga. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I think it's a it's That's definitely I mean. a white person thing when they like switch because <laughs> do you know any yeah because like, yeah. like you wouldn't would you ever be like well I think if a brown person does it, it's different but would you ever be like yeah like I I'm Kabbal was it Kabbalah or whatever like I mean I think there's value in anything and everything so mm -hmm. I mean okay. I'm sort of like a I what uh, you know take what resonates and filter out what doesn't yeah. totally yeah and i think that's like uh, the right way to look at it yeah yeah and, and i've done you know i've done this i've gotten into like buddhism and zen and Tao yeah and, and crystals about that. crystals <laughs> all of that i i i am a, a white woman on many levels but also <laughs> or you're just a brown woman a brown, who going was, back to my yeah, roots. exactly exactly but i do think like 
appropriating one part of the religion, not really even understanding that it's appropriation yeah. and why you're doing yeah. it. You're not giving like respect to it. So it's different when you're actually understanding the reasoning behind it versus like, this is cool. Or like Kabbalah is the next thing or whatever's the next thing. I'm just using it. I was like, you know, whatever, like the next fad of like the, the next wave of jumping onto something. So I find that personally like offensive. If yeah. someone just takes a prayer and makes it like, it's annoying. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It is annoying. Like, to, you know, this is a part of your culture, and just to see someone, like, appropriate it and not really have any understanding of where it came from. Exactly. It even act like it's, like, their shit. Like, oh, you know, like... Yeah, she was telling me about make money off of it. And all these, like... <laughs> Some people will reappropriate this and make way more money than, you know, yeah. any of their brown counterparts. Yeah. Also, um, like, I every time I go to yoga and there's, like, a white teacher, I'm like... God damn it. <laughs> Which is like all the time. All the teachers? <laughs> yeah, now, there's in Crown now. Heights, I've found like a few studios where like there's like a few classes taught by like either an Asian or a black woman. I'm like, all right, like yeah. I will at least like go to those, but it's always, always white women, but they're always like, okay, so namaste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Oh, I'm sure you uh, get, you, being in LA, you come across a lot oh of stuff. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. Oh gosh. My, my yoga teacher is Israeli. Oh God. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> That it would not be a relaxing environment no, for me. No, like, absolutely uh, not. I would not close my eyes and breathe. <laughs> like I'm keeping all my eyes open. She, she just might, she like moves you out of your yeah, spot. Yeah, like, she's on my yoga yeah. mat. I'm like, what is happening right now? Um, oh, you're nice. like, but this was my place. She's like, no, it's mine now. <laughs> Well, that, yeah, oh, okay. I think well, never know, been known to appropriate anything. No, no. <laughs> so. Well, you know, it's really, you have really good views about this. So yeah. you are, you are not keeping up with the Caucasians. Congratulations on that. You passed the test. Yes, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. This was so fun. Where yeah. can our people find you, our listeners? Oh, my God, all over the internet. So <laughs> on Instagram and most of the social medias, I'm at Fizzadasani. I'll spell it for you. I'm not going to assume we'll you know how to. We'll put it in the to. notes oh, as well. Okay. Yes, you know. Yeah, F-I-Z-A-A-D-O. S-A-N-I, that is one Z and two A's in FISA. Probably just confused you even more. (laughs) Yeah, and um, yeah, we have monthly shows in New York and L.A. Uh, New York Comedy Club, last Friday of every month, 11 p.m. And then Westside Comedy Theater in Santa Monica, California, Los Angeles County, the second Thursday of every month, 8 p.m. And if you're in the Orange County, you might have some listeners in OC. We're going to be at Irvine Improv October 17th. Oh, hell yeah. Y'all let me know when you're in town. So we can plan like a trip or something. Yeah, that'd be really nice. Yeah. Some shows. Hell yeah. That'd be so fun. Yay. Thank you. Fizza, this is so fun. I, I'm excited for the show tonight. Um, so definitely follow Fizza, follow us at No Fly List Pod, follow me at Etheria Coop. And you can follow me at Amama Sardar. And thank you so much for Canal Street Radio listening party uh, for letting us record here. Yeah, thank you. Woo!